1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring, boring, boring. You're going to get
0: bored, my bitch. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you, you, you. you Still have grown man, run around tight pants.
2: It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. This is
1: Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball. Is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Bradford. Here's a high drive, deep
0: left center field. That ball's carrying out of here.
1: It's 6-0 Seattle here in the second inning. Ty friends with home run number seven of the Bluebirds. At full volume here at Yankee Stadium, the Mariners offense has erupted.
0: Can I just tell you that when I hear a Dave Sims home run call, it just makes me feel like all is right with the world that this isn't fake, this isn't this isn't contrived, this is very real. This is what a home run call should be all about, which is I'm truly excited about this moment and I'm gonna pass along this excitement to everybody. And you're hearing it once again right there. Ty France hits the home run and the Mariners route of the Yankees. Dave Sims on the call. Home run call of the day. Excellent job, front of the program. Dave Sims. All right, well, speaking of baseball, speaking of passion, speaking of being authentic, well, watch Davey Martinez. Washington National manager, obviously they're having a terrible year, a tough year, uh, and they're going to be frustrated. And the frustration boiled over, and I think we were all the benefactors of that because we saw a good old-fashioned injection, a good old-fashioned fashion on-field meltdown for the manager. Please don't take that away from us robot arms. Please don't take that away from us baseball because every once in a while this is good stuff and Davy Martinez got his money. Well, just listen as we hear the 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 call of Davy Martinez. Part of the call of Davy Martinez getting ejected. I mean,
2: that is Really? Yeah. We're going to go there.
0: Yeah, we're going to go
1: there. Oh.
2: Here we go, Davy. Let's go.
1: Whoever said it doesn't look hard wood. No 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 no. You're not gonna tell me. Whoever you take you take care of your job out then. Whoever said it, I'll take care of my I'll take care of your job. This may not end well for Davy. Davy's getting his
0: money worth now. So what you heard was hot mic, always good. Hot mic's always good. But Davy Martinez comes out and argue. The umpires fires back. Davy Martinez. Now he comes back out and and to set the scene for you, he gets on his belly right at the batter's box. And it 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 became it probably the most memorable ejection of the year. So good for Davy Martinez. Excellent for baseball. Speaking of excellent for baseball, let's go to the College World Series, what's going on there. Everyone was anticipating what was going to happen with the LSU Wake Forest game. Even if you, you sort of followed college baseball, you sort of knew this was a big deal this night. Thursday night, not a lot of Major League games. All eyes on what was going on in Omaha And it did disappoint. Unbelievable game. Unbelievable game. Finishing off with, remember Tommy Tanks? I mean, Tommy Tanks came on the scene, North Carolina State last year, hitting home runs all over the place. Next thing you know, he's in an LSU uniform, hitting the walk off in this game that sends LSU to the finals of the College World Series against Florida. 11th inning walk off over Wake Forest. Just an unbelievable game. Didn't disappoint at all. And now, hey, how can you not watch the finals? Oh, man. It's, it's been such a good college world series, and that was such a good game. So we're going to keep, we're going to have more on that in the podcast. I, I think that there's more meat on that bone when it comes to drawing people in, especially coming up to the draft. Obviously, we're going to have a ton on the draft coming up. Awesome. We're also going to have a ton on all star voting. All star voting has officially entered into phase two, which is very, very exciting. I mean, who couldn't – want when years and years ago, we thought there's phase two of all-star voting. All-star voting phase two. That phase two voting begins noon on Monday, continues till noon on Thursday. Then we'll get to what's what in terms of the, the actual who is on what team in terms of starters. What we do know, two guys have cemented their t- spots on the all-star game. All-star team, sorry. And it, this is where the voters didn't let us down. A lot of times you get votes, which, to be honest with you, like uh, the stuff in the ballot, the stuff in the virtual ballot box. There, it, it's it, You know, whether it, one year it was Kansas City, Toronto, whatever it is. But the two guys who have cemented themselves on the team on their respective team, these are the two guys who are absolutely the face of baseball right now. Shohei Itani, top, one, the top vote getter in the American League at DH. He's going to be on the All-Star team. And Ronald Acuna Jr., the overall top vote getter, National League. Those two guys on the All-Star team. So the other five, so I was going to rattle them off real quick for you. So maybe you can vote for them. I don't know. Maybe if you want to vote for them. Maybe we'll, we'll give our votes. Uh, we'll take a deeper dive, maybe heading into the weekend about who we think should go on the All-Star team in terms of starters. But these are the two, these are the finalists at each position. All right, catcher for American League, Adley Rushman, Jonah Heim. First base, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Yandy Diaz. Second base, Marcus Simeon, Whit Merrifield. Like we said, Blue Jays fans, they're coming out. They're actually... Putting a lot of, a lot of Blue Jays in these finalists. You're going to hear some more here coming up right now. Josh Young, Rangers, and, yes, Matt Chapman of the Blue Jays. Shortstop, another Blue Jay, Bo Bichette, and Corey Seager, red-hot Corey Seager. Outfield, you have Aaron Judge, Mike Trout, Randy Rezarena, Jordan Alvarez, Kevin Kiermaier, Blue Jays, Adolis Garcia, Rangers. And now we have nationally Sean Murphy, Will Smith at catcher, first base Freddie Freeman, Matt Olson, Luis Arise, Ozzy Albies at second base. Well, Atlanta is like the Toronto version now of of coming out to vote for their team, good for the Braves. I mean, they have a good team, they have a good fan base, they're supporting the team. Yay! Uh, third base Nolan Arenado, Austin Riley, shortstop Orlando Arcea, Francisco Lindor. That has worked out the shortstop strategy for the Braves. Moving on from Dancy Swanson, that has worked out for them. I don't know if you know this. This would suggest it right here. It's signs. DH, this is going to be, to me, one of the most interesting votes because J.D. Martinez beat out Bryce Harper in the initial voting. But now, see if he can do it again. Bryce, J.D. and Bryce Harper, the two DHs in the National League. Outfield, Mookie Betts, Corbin Carroll. Lourdes Goriel Jr., Michael Harris, the second. So there you go. So obviously, you have four outfielders in the mix for two spots because Acuna Jr. got there. Vote, vote early, vote often. That starts Monday. So today's podcast is there's a like, we've already got to a lot of stuff already. But today's podcast, I think we are, we are doing God's work here. And when I say that, it's we have to call out baseball. As great as baseball has been in 2023, there is one thing which is driving me nuts. And this is the sweeper, the, or the term the sweeper. Everyone is screaming and yelling about the sweeper. And even Baseball Savant, the excellent website that charts these pitches and designates what who's throwing what and who's throwing the best at what, they are now having the category of sweeper. You see it on the scoreboards at the ballparks, sweeper. You see it on the broadcast, sweeper. In fact, the guy that Baseball Savant says has the best horizontal movement of any pitcher on his quote-unquote sweeper is Rich Hill. So I texted Rich, and my text said, why do they call your slider a sweeper now? Isn't it the same pitch you have always been throwing? His response, yes. Everyone is calling it that now, dot, dot, dot. Who knows? That is the best sweeper in the game, talking about the sweeper, the made-up pitch. So people come up and they say, what is a sweeper? The, The casual fan. And my answer to them is a slider. It is a slider. It is a horizontal slider. And the way that I looked at it was when I talked to players last year, players were saying, yeah, guy, more guys want to throw their sliders sort of east to west than ever before. That started last year. Nobody was screaming about the sweeper. So that's how I took it. That's how I was telling people. But who am I? I mean, well, maybe, maybe I was wrong. So I wanted to find out if I was wrong, if I was full of hooey, so I went to one of the guys I love talking to. He's been on the podcast a couple times, and he's always insightful. And that's Richard Blyer, relief pitcher for the Boston Red Sox, who obviously has been with a few different teams, has been around baseball a few different years, and, and really is a student of the game. So we, I want to ask him about what is the deal with a sweeper. And sure enough, you know what happened? He said, yeah, you were right. We are talking about this out in the bullpen we're saying, what the heck? Like, why does everyone keep classifying this pitch as this invention of a new pitch? Thank you. Thank you, Richard Blyer. I mean, I've gone up to pitchers after even, you know, their manager have has said, oh, he has a sweeper. Or the broadcaster said, oh, he has a sweeper. Look at his new sweeper. And they said, no, it's not a, it's not a new pitch. It's my slider. It's not a new pitch. So... We went to Richard Blyer. It is debunking a myth. We are myth debunkers today. There's nothing like debunking a good baseball myth. And thanks to Richard Blyer, we did that. And also, on this podcast, of course, it's Friday. That means betting isn't boring. We we caught up to our betting isn't boring guy in person, Jonathan Papelbon, to get his picks right now as we sit here for division winners and which ones he would take to make you money. But first, let's listen to Richard Blyer. One of the most insightful people in baseball, Richard Blyer. That's debatable. I okay. don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> today, I am saying that, um, and I, I actually believe it. So let's talk about one of the great mysteries of baseball. Let's. The sweeper. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> so people ask me about the sweeper, and now I I want you to sort of enlighten me about it, but my stupid general answer to them was that well, a year ago, this was happening, right? Yeah. All right. So, so I, I hope I'm right about this. And it's in synopsis when the sliders started going more horizontally instead of vertically.
3: Yeah. I okay. mean, it's a slider. It's, okay. It's legitimately right. a slider. All right. So, give me,
0: so when you hear give <laughs> so, me your thing on the sweep. Um,
3: uh, honestly, I just, yeah, it's like somebody made up the term sweeper to define a... More horizontal breaking slider. It's. I think that. It's interesting how pitches get labeled in general. Um, you, I, I see pitchers who throw what I would call a curveball that they call sliders, and and people throw cutters that are sliders that get tagged as cutters on the board and stuff. So I think that you know you would. I don't. I don't even know how they get tagged on the board because you'll see some pitches getting called sweepers with 10 inches of horizontal break, and then a slider with 18 inches. And it's so I think it, I don't know. I haven't, we haven't figured it out. We talk about it a lot in the bullpen. <laughs> it's, an, it's definitely as a, uh, it, it's an interesting It's frustrating.
0: I, yeah. I, 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 think it's fru- I think it's frustrating because everyone's like, it, this reeks of, I'm going to date myself, going back to Dice Matsuzaka where you kind of called up, oh, the gyro ball or, you know, this and right, that. It's, it's like, like a change-up. Change-up. So...
3: It's fun, I guess, you know, but it's funny because I'll mess with Chris Martin, who, his slider, he's been working on a, a slider to try to get more horizontal break, and uh, oh, it was SW, and then they <laughs> cleared it and put slider, it's like we're so <laughs> close to the sweeper on it, um, and so, you know, and, and so it, it, I think it's just kind of not really, I think pitches are, like, my, why is mine a fastball, why is mine 89 the same fastball as someone's 100 you know why don't they classify that differently yeah. you know as, or my sinker so it's just yeah they like a slow ball you know <laughs> right? when did you
0: first hear about when did you first hear I don't hear know it just kind of
3: came up on the board one day and they're oh, like, no, oh, no, no, spring training. no it's I'm not like uh, like I don't no. I mean, maybe like younger generation of players not last now, year now like Definitely the terminology of like oh we're going for more of a sweeper and I think that's like, it's like yeah more horizontal break and then all of a sudden, somebody put it on the board, and now it's a thing. But yeah, I don't, I've never, maybe I don't know, but in my experience, I've never heard of, hey, like, we, we like your slider, but we want you to throw a sweeper now, you know? And, and I think the more the terminology is, oh, we want it to sweep a little bit more, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. horizontal. Yeah. Less vertical, more horizontal.
0: Yeah. When, so I'm um, in the baseball circles, in the clubhouse, and everything else. Is it is a sweeper sort of like a surface level baseball fan? It's up on the board. That's what I, yeah, right. But amongst right. the baseball circles, like you guys with hey, like we're throwing the slider, yeah, and we hope that it sweeps, you
3: right. know? Yeah, like I think like you can, like you're targeting a certain uh, movement, right? Mm-hmm. And and so you can manipulate the ball. Uh, like everybody can kind of kind of manipulate the ball in a way to where you can try to get more horizontal or more board- vertical based on grip and. Release and you know stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, I think with analytics, we're seeing now that the horizontal breaking ball plays more than the breaking ball with less horizontal and more vertical. Mm. So, guys are trying to create more horizontal sweep, like a, like the Ottavino, right? That's like the classic I right. feel like for me is like this gigantic or like the Chaz row where it was just it starts behind him and ends
0: in the batter's box, it right? Sweeps
3: across the whole or plate. even how I mean, Howl yeah, say, you know, yeah, like, yeah, right.
0: <coughs> but it's so last year like i said i remember talking to Austin Davis when he was here and he was a pretty like insightful guy and like talk cuz it actually Hauk had switched his grip on the slider and that's when we started talking about it about um, the oh my goodness I'm, I'm i'm forgetting it but the one that Sergio Romo throws or whatever and it was like and we were talking about how last year it was definitely this switch for more horizontal yeah, to vertical. I think
3: that's just the analytics yeah. talking. You know, we're uh, so like last year going toward the end of, in September. I was looking for to improve my breaking ball and looking for information to work on in the offseason to develop a better breaking ball, something that I would feel more confident using against right-handed batters. Um, and and so. We kinda of looked at who has similar arm slots and well, I, I guess I really looked at it but try to figure out who throws similar to what I do that has a that their breaking ball performs better and what are they doing differently. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the general consensus. So it was a little bit harder of a breaking ball and a little bit more horizontal rather than and not as vertical. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I so I associate like a curveball with more vertical, like Nick pavetta has got it like a true right, curveball, you know, the 12-6, like right. Six, right yeah, yeah. and, and um, and, and like slower, but it, it's funny, it's just funny how pitches get tagged, right, like when I define a cutter, it's like if you're throwing 95, your cutter should be like 92, 93, I yeah. think, you know, it's a cut fastball, it's, it should be just a couple off, and then you have like, like you Darvish throws an 83 mile, or 85 mile per hour cutter off a 95 mile per hour fastball, and it's like, well, you throw a slider, you know, but you <laughs> call it whatever you want, yeah. but it, it, it's a slider. And then, you know, so that's just my
0: opinion. And I think, like, it gets called a cutter, but I don't. Yeah. How about, you know, because one of the things that when we try to, you know, obviously everyone runs to Baseball Savant, a great website. I'm not crapping on Baseball Savant. But it's like, you know, but you look at two seamer, four seamer, and we're right. trying to identify how hard a guy is throwing. Right. And, well, okay, he's not throwing it quite as hard because it's the two, or two like again is it is this another example of maybe misidentifying I, yeah. fastballs I think
3: that right like i mean in my situation i think my 4 seam and 2 seam are almost exactly the same velocity or you know like uh, like last year i think my average 4 seam velocity was just over 90 and my 2 but seam was But the perception just
0: at 90. is that 4 is going to be this high rising harder thrown pitch I don't
3: i don't think so i mean maybe for people it could be, like, a comfort thing. Yeah. Guys are like more comfortable with their four-seam, and so if they use two-seams rarely, like, they just might not be putting as much intent into it. But I don't think... I think, like, somebody who truly uses both, it's the, it's the same. Okay. Know? It's the same... Like, I don't think a two-seam spin slows the ball down enough to where it's, like, three off. You okay. Know? I, don't, I mean, t- like, how throws a two-seam and four-seam, like, with... With confidence, and you, you know, it's like 93 94 both pitches.
0: So. so, what has been the evolution this year? And so, you guys, you guys sit around and you talk about the great art of pitching. Um, like, is there anything what's good? the latest and greatest? Yeah, what's fact? the latest? Well, the
3: sweeper is really taking off, you know. Well, but I that's think. again, we'll yeah, come back yeah, to yeah, it. I guess it's last year, but I think that it's like you just see it more and more. Um, I don't know, you know, I think like. As baseball evolves, they want you to do everything. I think the biggest... It used to be fours up and big breaking balls off that. Yeah. And now it's kind of being phased out. And now it's being able to throw fours up and sink. So you need to have the two distinct fastballs that have two separate movements, and not just like the, the right. four seamer. Then you better like twelve or Yeah, yeah. But you're, you know, where he has a good. Four, I mean, he also has a hundred, but he's got the good four, a true sinker, and then he's got his other pitches that complement that. But he's got those two distinct fastballs that you know you have to cover high and low hard, and mm-hmm. I think that's a real challenge where, where you know you're. Essentially, you have to be able to cover a hundred. That's why you're Cy Young, but no. and then the sinker coming in it's and then a slider away and then a changeup as well. So I think um, They just want everything really, you know, <laughs> right? Well, well, it's the same thing on the hitting side They yeah. want you to be able to steal bases hit home runs <laughs> and you know The only thing they'll, they'll give you is you don't have
0: to hit for average anymore everything else you have to do It's it's funny because it's like there's there's so much information There's so much in people's heads Like we were just talking to uh, Bart, Daniel Bart about yeah. this and I don't know if you, you know, you. Well, I assume you were watching the game the other night. The where his first time out, he he spiked a slider. Yeah, right? like thirty-five feet. Even. Right, and we were all and we were all talking about this about like, oh crap, here comes the yips again. Right, he's very honest. But he said honestly, he had gone through so many things. He ran out of time, and so he just had to throw something. Right. I mean, this. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah,
3: I mean that's the whole you know don't throw anything that you you're not confident in or whatever well now you you know if you have two seconds left you're throwing whatever you got whatever the last thing they call yeah so it's like you can't you don't have an unlimited amount of time to get to the pitch you're looking for you just hope that your catcher's on the same page and you're you really you know it it doesn't happen often i know it in spring training when we were still trying to figure it out like He's going through pitches, and I'm shaking, and I'm coming set without the pitch because mm-hmm. I knew like once like I was running out of time, so I, I have to come set, and I'm like, no, okay, that, and then I can pitch. Okay, and yeah. so like stuff like that. So, yeah, you know, yeah. it's this, a lot
0: going on, man. Yeah, yeah, it is, but but so going back to the latest and greatest, um, I we had on um, Brian Bannister, uh, who was pitching coordinator for the Giants. And he's a really insightful guy and thoughtful and obviously studied pitching a ton. And one of his takeaways, he's like, I think that the split finger has been mischaracterized throughout baseball because he said, he's like, there's this stigma with the split finger that you're going to get hurt if you throw it too much or whatever, and it's, he's like, it's just not utilized enough. So I wonder, like, is this the next thing? I don't know. I think that, right, like you said, it's
3: it's like a... Cyclical. Yeah, so you see things, like, come and go, but, like, like fastballs down and away have worked for 100 years, and will can you know, so rather... It, that, these pitches and change-ups have always worked, mm. and they always will, you know, like the perception of a fastball, but slower. Well, we'll when everybody's trying to hit fa- the fastball it's I like in theory the best pitch right so I think a split finger that emulates a fastball mm-hmm. um, you know it's essentially a cha- I think it's like what you know a change up right yeah you know it's just a different grip and but it, it's the same idea yeah um, it it works. The funny thing now is, like, guys throwing change-ups in the 90s. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. It, that, that's entertaining to watch, uh, like, what, with the Marlins, a couple got guys. Like, Sandy would throw his change-up in, like, 92, 93. Was so it, like, a circle Cabrera, change? Yeah, regular yeah. circle change. And Cabrera Edgar would throw it, like, 95, off of 97. Really? Yeah, and, like, get swings. And Grinky is, like, probably the best example of, like, would throw a fastball 89 and a change-up, like, 90.
0: Because it's more about the... Uh, maybe I'm wrong. More, it's more about movement than it is, right. actually.
3: But you see, like, the, still the swings out in front. They're swinging at arm speed. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you, if you have the arm speed
0: and then the, the grip slows the ball down,
3: it's, you know, if you, I don't know, maybe you just tries to throw it harder. I really don't know what he does, but you see, um, like, Winkowski has a really hard changeup for yeah. us, uh, and if and it, you, you get, you still get the swings out in front. So I don't know. I think uh, back to your original question of splits. It, for me, it's always been like. Splitter guys have—it's a hard pitch to throw for a strike. It's always down, mm-hmm. and so uh, I think a, like Alex Cobb for the—I don't even know who's the right now—Giants. Giants. Uh, that's his second best pitch. Like yeah. he's got a good fastball and then a split, and his ability to consistently get in the zone gets the swings out of the zone. And I think that kind of separates him from a lot of the other guys. Where uh, Oliver Drake, who was with the Rays, used it had a split and it made for good Instagram videos and he had success with it yeah. but it, w- it was long innings because a lot of them are short yeah. and and he would kind of get deep in accounts and if they're not chasing he would kind of get have some issues with that but it was it wasn't like a high percentage strike pitch so I think that if you can get the split in the zone it's got a lot of bottom movement so I think it's the same concept as like a 12 to 6 curveball mm-hmm. where they're so big and they have, they have so much vertical m- movement that if you start it waist high or whatever, you know, in an appropriate line, it's going to be short, the ball. <laughs> and so to get a curveball in the zone, you won't, you have to start it so high to have it finish in the zone. And then I think it, it becomes easier to see. And so I think um, you, you see, like, a lot of those high fastball, big curveball guys yeah. have trouble having quick innings or um, have to really rely on out-of-zone swing percentage because it's, it's a pitch that... It's hard to be effective in the zone. You need yeah. you need chase.
0: Last thing, give me your top couple uh, pitches slash pitchers, and maybe guys that you've played with or observed that you say, "Holy crap! How did that? How does that happen? Like, like the, this, the, this is <laughs> this is just the amazing well, pitch." Well, Tanner Hauk is,
3: you know, like the ability to. What he does, like he's got one of the best sinkers and best sliders in the game. Mm-hmm. Usually, usually guys who have elite sinkers struggle spinning a breaking ball. And he doesn't have any problems doing that. Mm. So that's that's really he's really impressive, and he's doing it here. Obviously, uh, Sandy. I mean, the guy was with him when he won a Cy Young. It was everything he threw was just nasty, and his competitiveness. Um, going back a little bit farther, uh, Andrew Miller's slider mm. was really was really. Uh, I mean just fun to watch and then even then that same team Potancus you know Potancus in his prime yeah uh, was guy those those guys were striking out everyone yeah <laughs> i don't it's unbelievable they set the bar high for me out of the bullpen um it was like
0: wow this is what relievers this, do in the well, big league well there's a so this yeah there's just maybe a so maybe i'm not quite cut out for there's this some guys honestly like especially now where you like how does a hitter hit? Like how does this happen? I don't know.
3: I mean, they make it look easy off me, but I, I watch other guys <laughs> and I, so
0: and and they just they
3: you know you, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I it's, you think we were just talking about this in the outfield with um, easy throw and catch play partners. Yeah, and I feel like nobody in the big leagues is an easy catch play partner because you wouldn't be here if your stuff was easy to catch. You know, <laughs> or you know, feel like yeah, it'd yeah. be it'd be easy to hit. So, you know, nobody wants to throw with each other because it's everybody's throwing their own version of nasty pitches, so it's uh, it's an interesting thing.
0: All right, well, I'm throwing away all my sweeper t-shirts, so there you go. <laughs> I ruined it for you, sorry.
1: Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: All right. I mean, good stuff from Richard Blyer. It just is. Maybe nobody else cares about, like, whether or not a sweeper is a thing, but I do. So... There, that's why you have today's podcast. All right, speaking of today's podcast, as we said, betting isn't boring. Jonathan Pappelbond comes through, sits down in the Gambling King's chair, me and him, in a hotel lobby just the other day. Just two guys talking about division winners. That's it. You're welcome. Papelbon's making you some more money. Here you go. All right, let's do it. We're going to pick division winners. Betting isn't boring, Pat. Look let's at you. do you it, you're man. In like your gambling chair here. Yeah, person. I can do this
2: on the road. You can do it. <laughs>
0: so that's the beauty yeah. of FanDuel. There you go. Uh, all right, so we're all counting on you.
2: All right, so let's get it started, man. Yeah. Uh, let's go through these division winners. Uh, they got the Twins AL Central minus 230, not happening. Um, I'd go with the Guardians at plus money, plus 240. Twins are falling apart. Okay. Um, I think the Rays are going to go ahead and, and stay strong in the East. Minus well, 600. What, what, a, what
0: a limb you just went out on. With yeah, but
2: it's minus 600. Next guys, the the Yankees here in the AL East. I think the Red Sox um, don't have a chance. I think they got a great chance at the wild card, yep. especially if they keep playing like they are right now. Um, that's kind of a no-brainer. Here you go. AL West, Rangers and Astros. And then you got the Angels creeping up from behind. Yeah, so what do you got uh, for
0: that? You gonna make some money in that division? Yeah,
2: I'm I'm actually gonna go with the Angels. I feel like Trout's gonna start stepping it up and take that plus seven hundred. Ooh. Yes. I don't I don't I don't see the Rangers holding on for very, very long. Um Astros win it last year, it's so always tough to repeat. We'll see what happens. But I do I do like the Angels. Uh, NL Central. Ooh, this is going to be a tough one here.
0: <laughs> that is a tough one. Whew.
2: Who's getting the money? Who's getting yeah, the money? Yeah, I mean, you still got the Brewers at plus 115, so I'm going to go ride the Brewers. I know they're not playing very great. Are you great. really? Yeah. That's a
0: chance to make some money in that division.
2: Yeah, but there's only uh, Cardinals at plus 470, man. This is just like a, a, a racked-up division, Where do you man. get
0: the ra- Reds at?
2: Reds are playing good right now. They're going to fall off. Okay. Yeah, I, right. I don't. I don't like the Reds. All right. Yeah. Um then we got the NL East. This is what I love. The Braves, Phillies, the Marlins. Well, we Mets. know who you
0: go. You know we know who you're
2: going. For. Yeah, Mets gone. You know the Phillies coming up. <laughs> can they catch the Braves? I think they can. Okay. I All think right. they can. There's enough time left. Put right. it that way. All right. All right. All right. So, uh plus 17 Hundo. <laughs> you are you are making people in Philadelphia so much I money. I, I love FanDuel odds, man. <laughs> um Yes, man! What a great, great pick right there. Port, that is plus seventeen hundred, dude. You were like, you kid, can almost
0: can't believe it. You're looking at it.
2: Yeah, it. that's like the last. The, that's like last night's parlay with Nesson. We missed it. We were waiting on a Devers home run to hit the parlay plus fourteen hundred. Devers never showed up, but it's all good. So what's that? Leave us? and now West. In L. West, we got the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks, the Giants, the Padres, and the Rockies. Um, man, it's it's hard to go. I know you're getting minus two twenty, but it's hard not to take the Dodgers. here. Really? Yeah. I know the Diamondbacks are playing good. Yeah. I, I get that. I get that. But uh, they still got to make. They still got to be buyers, and they still got to make a good move. I feel like to creep up on them.
0: What? What? So what? The what's the odds in that division? You have.
2: So, you got the Dodgers minus 220. Yep. You got the Diamondbacks at plus 450. Okay. So, almost twice as much. Yeah, almost twice as much in yep. the odds. But, Diamondbacks have to make a where, move. Where are, the, where are the Giants and where are the Padres? Giants are plus 500. Padres are plus 1500.
0: I tell you what. And then you got the
2: Rockies at plus 25,000. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Well, I tell you what. If you want to go on a limb, I think the Padres is are, might they might they might have a surge. In
2: that. I, I, I can like that if they do get that surge and they do get that um, trade deadline move that that may happen. But man, Dodgers are just too good of a ball club all the way around. I feel like, but, and then you got to deal with the Diamondbacks too. Well, they're going to be that sneaky team that comes in and like the fighting Lavellos. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be that sneaky team that yeah. comes in and, and breaks somebody's chances to be a division winner or wildcard, I feel like. So, in synopsis,
0: basically you're still making all kinds of money off the Phillies. Oh, yes.
2: Oh, yes. Phillies are going
1: to come back, I'm telling you. (laughs) All right, well, good stuff. Okay, man. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball, and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field, and then I I look over at my dad, and I, I realize that in the silence between us, that Something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.